Welcome to the latest edition of the Leaders Performance Podcast. This is David Cushnan, Head of Content at Leaders, and here with me is John Porch, Lead Writer uh, for the Leaders Performance Institute. John, hello. How are you doing, David? I'm very well. Um, John, you've had another of your conversations, haven't you? <laughs> Absolutely. I went down to the Kia Oval in London, where we had our Performance Summit last November, and I was... Uh, Deep in conversation with Gareth Batty and Aaron Haranaf, two players there at Surrey County Cricket Club. We're going to hear that chat in just a moment. Um, key topic areas, life after sport, but also the potentially tricky transition from athlete to whatever comes next. Absolutely. I mean, Gareth, or Bats, as he introduced himself, he's 40 now, so he's got a 20-year career behind him. He's played for England, he's got more than 500 games under his belt on the county circuit, but he's now really starting to think about what life holds beyond cricket. And Haranaf has spent a decade at Surrey. He's been in and out of the team during that time, and he's often had to think about his future because he hasn't always known what would lie next. There's always been a degree of uncertainty. And as with any athlete uh, facing the prospect of the end of their career, a bit of a search for what skills are transferable and uh, a general fact-finding mission uh, I imagine, to try and uh, decide what does come next. So absolutely, there are transferable skills. Both men were in no doubt that that was the case. But they also said that the club, Surrey County Cricket Club, and the Players' Union have been working behind the scenes to help the players as well. So they've always got that resource to fall back on at the moment. And perhaps, David, most interestingly, they've been taking advantage of the opportunity to speak to sponsors. Many of the sponsors come from the City of London and, and work in fields down that way. And they found that an invaluable resource as well. You're going to hear from John, you're going to hear from Gareth, you're going to hear from Aaron, and you're also going to hear from our colleague uh, Harry Cripps, who uh, chipped in with a few questions as well. Should we get going? Absolutely, let's go. Hey, gentlemen, welcome to the Lily's Performance Podcast. Thank you very much, you. And thank you for having us here at the Kia Oval today. I've noticed some of the names on the wall. Um, where exactly are we? We are in the players' dining room uh, at the Oval, uh, surrounded by a fair bit of history on the on the on the boards here in the lunchroom. So uh, yeah, it's a nice spot. Steeped in history. A lot of history around around the Oval. Yeah, you can see all the walls as you come in, and, and the ground the same. So it looks a bit different than it did back in the day, but uh, but still a lot of history. Thank you, gentlemen, for sitting down with us today, and uh, just wanted to talk to you about your post-career plans, I guess, and I guess we'll start by asking about your career so far, if you reflect upon it. I mean, how often are you thinking about your post-career, your retirement, and how has that changed since you made your debuts? Um, is it something that only occurs to you in later seasons, or is it from day one? Yeah, I think being old, as I am at 40, um, it sort of evolved throughout a career, whether you think about it, don't think about it. Um, certainly when I first started, there was nothing um, laid out really for people to be thinking when you're not playing cricket, what are you going to do? Um, and as over the years it's sort of progressed, and now the PCA are very good, the Professional Cricket Association, uh, come in every year, they're, they're, they have um, reps that people can see. Um, so from that point of view, very good. Going back to my personal situation, I'm a bit old school, it was very much, I'm a cricketer, I need to put everything into that and worry about it later. I'm the exception that's very lucky that I'm playing when really I should have been retired years ago. Um, and it's only really in the last sort of year that I've turned my attention to it and thought about it. 
I was lucky to have a testimonial last year, so I was I was lucky to be uh, exposed to business people in the city and people helping out with the testimonials. So that sort of opens a few doors, and I suppose more than anything, you're trying to you're trying to replace a passion that you've had for so long being a sports person. Uh, there are very few people that can do it for an extended period without the passion. How do you replace that? How do you replace the sort of lifestyle, as it were, within the the future job that you'd be looking at? Um, so nothing actually firmed up um, from me, but certainly a lot of opportunities that um, it's down to you to sort of cherry pick and see if you can do it. Um, for me, it's a bit different. I went, I my didn't my route into cricket, and uh, when I was eighteen, that age where you think about can I become a professional cricketer, I was a little bit more uncertain, and that uncertainty I think uh, has kind of transmitted all the way through my career. So I've always had it kind of lurking in the background. It's the I've been really fortunate to have a 10-year career, uh, and it's been great, but I've always kind of thought, well, what am I going to do once, this is, once all, all this is over? Um, so I've been a little bit more proactive over the last three, four years, just getting a little bit of work experience, trying to find out what exactly uh, I want to do, because that's exactly right. Um, you're a long time retired, and also you want to find, replace that passion that you have for cricket, which is what we love to do. Um, and try and find that in the work in the working world, um, and that you may not find the exact same thing, but you want to try and be as close as, as close as possible, and that's that's what I've been kind of trying with. That's the journey that I've been uh, on the last couple of years to find that uh, find that special something up for cricket. And you just mentioned the Professional Cricketers Association. Um, in what sort of ways do they try and help players then? Well, they're. Well, they've done a great job. They've evolved, definitely. I mean, from when Bat started playing uh, to when even when I started playing uh, 10, 11 years ago uh, on the professional scene, they've evolved and got better, and they're a bigger operation now. So what they've done with the resources they've had is, be, is have representatives for each, or a representative for three or four counties that kind of manage your personal development. That's what they call it, and it's off-the-field off development. Uh, and they see that as a serious um, thing that helps helps performance, and they think as a serious thing that that will uh, lead you in good stead when when cricket finishes, whether it's through injury, loss of form, whatever. They feel like that's a really important thing to have that transition, and transition is a big word in the PCA um, because a lot, a lot of cricketers do struggle. Um, it is hard to rep- what we're talking about. It is hard to replace that passion. It is hard to replace the kind of institutionalisation that happens when you walk into a place like the Oval. Uh, and you and you kind of got spat out at the end of however many years uh, you've played. There is that kind of you always think, oh god, that's been my home, that's been everything I know. But or there's that uncertainty of what am I going to do now, and where is kind of where is my home, where is my because you do spend a lot of time in your day working, and we're fortunate we're cricketers uh, and we do that for <laughs> most days. But. Uh, yeah. The PCA are very good in that you've obviously got Aaron, who university educated, very good um, from from the education point of view, and then you've got your guys like me, who literally finished school at 16 and that was that, absolutely nothing going for you apart from a bat and ball. Um, and they're very good at, it's not just about helping Aaron progress into working in the city or whatever, guys are going on plumbing courses, carpentry, you know, getting you a trade if you so wish. So it's not just trying to get somebody a degree, it's very much the here and now for that each individual person and, and player that um, it doesn't excite me particularly to think about sitting down and doing a lot of book work and, and trying to progress from a um, that education point of view, but to have a skill and be able to use that then with bits of knowledge you've picked up from sport is an amazing thing. 
because you can ho hopefully excel and be best, best possible, best the best possible person you can be in whatever you choose to do. Um, so the PCA were good at that. Naren, you said you'd thought about it for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, but is it something that younger players have to be encouraged to think about? I mean, once they've they've shown some aptitude for cricket, they've made it to the professional ranks. They must be looking ahead to their playing careers, but it must be difficult in a young person's shoes, a young athlete's shoes, to actually consider what they might be doing when they stop playing. Um, how proactive are they in trying to draw attention to your post-career? I think the PCA, again, they do try and make a point of kind of uh, showing the statistics of how many people kind of drop out of playing professional sport to make you aware that there is a wider world and there is wider opportunities and you need to be kind of ready um, whenever that is. Hopefully, you know, you have a great career like Gareth's done and you're in the game for 20 years, but not everyone can do that. And the earlier you get thinking, I'm not saying you should not give everything to cricket, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that the earlier you can think about, right, what am I interested in? What can I do to kind of help those interests, whether it's whether it's a qualification or whether it's just kind of spending some time with with guys who do what you're interested in, the quicker that kind of decision's made, the easier it's going to be for you. Now, that doesn't mean you fob off training or anything like that. It means that you're just aware. It's just the awareness. And the earlier you can do that, the better it will be for post-cricket. Now, some people, as I said, have a brilliant career. They can go into the media. They can go into X, Y, Z. But that's not going to be for the, the large amount of, ca of cases. So it's just, uh, I think, the importance is an awareness without it impacting your your training and your um, and your primary job, which is being a professional cricketer. And I presume you can approach the PCA at any given time, but how often in general will they come into the club? How often will you, the players get to meet with their representatives? Bizarrely enough, our rep is called Tom Jones. I've never heard him sing, but hopefully this is good. <laughs> um, but he's around the whole time. Um, when I say the whole time, you would be unlucky if you went two weeks, three weeks without seeing him. He's very accessible. And I suppose that's what you need to encourage. It's not for the, the educated guys like Aaron. It's for the uneducated like me to actually break down the barriers, to sort of know him as a person, to then maybe you go, oh, I'll tell you what, it might be quite good to do something this winter um, as well as my training, to actually take a bit of pressure off my skills during the day um, in, in the summer. So there's two ways of looking at it. And I, I think those guys being around... Um, Tom being around is a very good thing because it's then quite relaxed and it's not a, an intrusive thing for the guys that have stepped away from education very quickly. They're, you know, you've kind of got your, your education and then you do as who just kind of like, they're not really into that and they just try and make things work. And I think having Tom around to encourage that, look, yes, you might be this side of the fence on how you operate, but we need to get you through this to allow you to operate doing something different, um, which I think is very good to understand what actually the real world is about, which very few sportsmen would have a clue what the real world is about, and I certainly don't, and I'm 40 years old, so a lot of guys are in that little cocoon, and it's kind of an appreciation for, look, there is life outside of it, and you're going to be outside there at some point, um, and it's understanding what you can do. But I would reiterate what Aaron touched on, it can't be at the detriment of the skills that you, that you need to acquire if you want to play sport because there are massive sacrifices in playing sport and actually a lot of lessons that you learn within playing sport are transferable into another industry afterwards um, which are not to be underestimated so there's definite balance there.
So you mentioned those skills that may be transferable. So in your case, in what, what sort of areas post-cricket are you looking at at the moment then? Um, it's very varied. Uh, the club have put me on a level three coaching course, which I'm doing at the minute. Um, again, is that something I feel I can be the best at? I don't know. So you have to go through the process. Um, and I'm certainly not going to go into it just because it may be a job. I either want to be able to make a difference or not. Um, that's more a vocation. Then the other things, there's, there's guys up in the city, sort of uh, agency type stuff or working um, in your different money markets and all this sort of a thing. And they're saying your transferable skills of one being a captain, which I have for a while, or being around a team environment and how you can uh, make a team work better. A lot of skills that you require, that you take for granted on a daily basis playing a team sport, actually a lot of people within the city see as a real positive that you can openly go speak to anybody and you're comfortable speaking to a room of people and you can deliver things, you can show your passion and, and, and not be afraid to, to get yourself out there, I suppose, which, you know, a lot of players like the big stage to be, you know, their, their platform. Uh, no different to um, you know, a movie star or a singer. You know, that's our stage. It's just a different arena than, than all these guys. So you can actually transfer over into the different um, careers that are out there, I suppose. And it sounds like Surrey um, are quite good as well. They, they have those provisions there to help with the work of the PCA as well. Yeah, they are. Um, there's a lot of contacts uh, through the club. We're obviously based in, in a very good location for that. Um, we have a lot of good sponsors who are always giving with their time. Our chairman, Richard Thompson, and chief exec uh, Richard Gould. If if you go and see them, they're they're very uh, they are very much uh, able to kind of open a few doors for you. So that's great. Um, um, so the club have always been, and because of the location, but to a large extent, um, yeah. the sponsors and the sponsors they attract. It's 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 a great opportunity for some of the younger guys or some of the older guys to kind of speak to on a golf day or a or another like club event um, where you can kind of think right is that something is Optus or whoever uh, something I can do I don't know um, but it's a uh, but normally it's a good place to be it's a good hub be interesting to know when rising through the ranks did sport come as a detriment to other developments in your life like education and in what ways did that did that happen um, Yes, as in the time it took. I mean, growing up through, I went through the academy, um, and I, that was kind of two school nights a week. Uh, um, so it definitely did impact and trips away and whatever tours and whatever. There was definite, definite direct impact on on your education. I mean, you had to find a balance because mm. I liked playing all sport really when I was kind of sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. So to fit all that in, something was always going to suffer, and that was my schoolwork managed to kind of get out of there with something that was tangible which got me to Loughborough um, so I could be able to continue that but even then it was the same thing really I was mm -hmm. so committed to trying to be a professional cricketer that there was always going to be an impact on your education um, mm -hmm. I think that's just part and parcel you just you, there's a, like you've got to be comfortable I mean that's a really like hard thing to do at a younger age but I was always comfortable because I wanted to play professional cricket but that that was going to be a sacrifice I was willing to make if I could do it. And that sounds like it might differ to yourself, Gareth, with coming out of school at 16 straight to cricket, then was education not a massive factor at, at that stage in your life? Or what, what, what else took a... No, not for me. Um, I, my parents ran a sports shop, um, so I was sort of 
the little Arthur Daly at school where I'd get mum and dad to buy swimming goggles and went to upper school, so I'd sell them around school, basically just for a few quid, um, for after a game on a Saturday that I could um, have a have a beer in the bar if I was old enough or, or be able to One buy off. some new One kit off. or whatever it may be. Um, it's just, I was a bit more, the education side was never really something that I had a passion for. And I think that's the biggest thing I've learned through life. Doesn't mean to say you can't educate yourself, but it's got to be through a channel that you're passionate about, or else I wouldn't give it the time it's required. So I was always looking for an excuse to be off. I loved school, um, but I always looking for an excuse to be playing sports somewhere, whether it be rugby or cricket. Um, it down in my deepest of hearts, I would much prefer to play rugby, but um, four foot tall, ginger and fat was never going to happen. So <laughs> cricket was an obvious thing, and it's like anything. If you're good at something you generally as a kid you enjoy it more mm. and school was very hard for me I was okay with the maths and that sort of but a lot of it I found very difficult so it was never something I was going to go into my, my fallback would have been I would have taken over the shop from parents which again is semi related to the passion of cricket sort mm. of a scenario but um, that wasn't something I was thinking about then but now I'd reflect on that mm. and in an ideal world how soon should athletes be encouraged to, to think about post careers I think I would reserve judgment for my daughter and God willing more kids and I would I would be helping them to make a decision there's no way I would be saying to anybody else this is right for you or wrong for you because actually everybody's different had I have taken an amount of time away from um, getting into my sport would that have affected further down the line in my case probably not mm. um, but I think a lot of cases um, it would impact just like it does for the guys that want education to be at the forefront it will impact and certainly does nowadays because everything's changed um it will impact your sporting career so it's a really fine line and you've just got to be really comfortable with it um there is no right or wrong if it was my i'll go on record if it was my child i'd be saying you go to university mm. unless you were an absolute standout guaranteed sam curran that's going to play for england at 19 or whatever mm. I'd be saying, no, get your education and worry about that afterwards. Because if you're good enough, you will still find a way. Mm -hmm. Well, I suppose it's similar to what you're saying. Yeah. You're, you managed to find a way yeah. to, to do both. Yeah, I did. Yeah, because I was then, like a lot of it was to do with the uncertainty. You know, I didn't know how long I was going to play for. And that was always kind of, it probably still is at the back of my mind. Yeah, mm. Is it going to end this year or next year or whatever? Mm. And I was always kind of planning in my head. Never, it never affected me training or, because I was so committed to it. But like, I agree with that. So I would never... I would never condone someone going, this is for you, this is what you need to do, but quickly and get an awareness uh, about what you're interested in and what you're passionate about, because mm -hmm. that's, that's, those are the things that you're going to want to do, you're going to get out of bed and actually want to do, and then you can kind of get a vocation around that, that's what I try and, mm -hmm. try and kind of transmit to people really. I suppose it must be hard then if, if cricket is your number one, how do you find other motivation, how many people have a handful of motivation, yeah. so I guess that that's another talking point and, and factor in why people probably don't look as early as they should. Yeah, I, yeah I, I can't sort of comment on the early part of my career, but now, when I finish, I won't miss playing cricket. <laughs> Done. I, I genuinely will not, because I've been very lucky to have a very long time playing. So you kind of tick that box, mm -hmm. as it were, in your own mind. Can I replace the playing in front of 20 or 1,000? No way. Can I replace the changing room? Don't think you can those things, I think, 
you can prepare to your heart's content life after sport but there are certain things you just cannot plan for and that's where you've got to be you've got to get that right in your mind and I've bought myself a bit of time so I'm getting it right in my mind that I'm not that bothered about it um, it scares me about leaving the change room so whatever I go into work wise I need something that I'm passionate about I'm obviously passionate about my family and my friends but that's only a certain point in your mm. life. There's got to be other bits that you've got to replace because if you just sat at home not doing a lot or if you've got a lot of time on your hands, you've got a lot of time to cloud judgment and, and it can be very difficult for players finishing. Mm. Um, so you've got to understand that actually, as a player, whilst you're playing, understand you're in the best position in your life that you ever will be to get another job. Once you finish playing, it, you're just in the rat race like everybody else and it becomes a bit harder. So be proactive if there is an opportunity and that is for our guys if they're on a golf day speak to the people that you're playing with mm. these guys are successful business people see if you can find a niche that actually you're passionate and want to do I was I, yeah exactly that like I, at the start when I came on to staff not because I was rude or anything I just was a bit nervous I didn't know how to approach him and like and if I just look back and think what an idiot like it's just a conversation you know and it's just a conversation and that guy might you might catch on and you might like each other and you think, and you keep that connection going but but though I've only recently been able to kind of speak in front of people at the start of my cricketing career I was a bit like kind of what's the word like insular and, and mm. get myself to myself and it, it's taken me a while to actually become a little bit more um, open to conversations and talking to anyone really so so yeah those things you learn and I think the earlier you can learn the better because they do they translate to it in, in but I think that learning yeah. is a massive part of where you can move, move to, after yeah. playing yeah absolutely there are some really big journeys throughout a playing career that actually are transferable that a lot of people outside of playing professional sport wouldn't fully grasp yeah. um, and you see it now with the advent of social media and things some of the things that people put you just like well, you've obviously never played at any sort of a level you just do not understand mm -hmm. what it's about and, and I, I think there are some really yeah. transferable things that you can take into other walks yeah. of life but you're definitely not going to replace well, like you, 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 you can't change, change your room change your room playing in front of people just the change room environment you just got to say look like yeah prepare your mind because that's what you're going to you clouding your judgement yeah. you've got to prepare your mind to say right you're not going to walk into a group of guys who are just having fun and they're having, doing their passion and go up in front of 10,000 20,000 mm. people on a, on a whenever uh, that, that you can't you just can't get that anyway um, as much as the energy rushes you can probably maybe keep going up and skydiving you might be able to get the adrenaline rush but but apart from that like, there's not many things that are that good um, especially mm. when it's something you love um, that you can do but you trust as, as Bat said just kind of get it right in your mind and then you move on mm. how much of a difference does it make when you have a certain control over your career I mean Bats for example you you sort of can call time on your own career at this point. Uh, there isn't that uncertainty there that perhaps Aaron, you may have faced in the past. Does that make a difference to the way you think about these things? Um, I yeah, I think. Well, no, yes and no. I think that like if you, if Batson got injured at any stage, I mean he'd be in the same position. Fortunately, for me as well, because I've been playing ten years, like everything's gone as well as it can do, and. And you always want to continue, and you want to give it your best, and you, you know, you want to be the best you can be, and that's why we're still here. But like the, the uncertainty, is almost like it transmitted from the start for me. Like I, at eighteen, I didn't know if I was going to become a professional cricketer, and since then, my contracts or whatever have been structured in a way that I've always felt, oh well, 
if this ended tomorrow, what am I going to do? And, I've, and I asked that question of myself. Um, now, that, that was maybe me personally, and rightly or wrongly, that may have been the wrong way to go about things. But, like, you, it's just a question that was always there for me. I don't know. That's made me feel differently about it. You, you do consider throughout anybody that thinks, whether it's um, the best player in the world, um, Messi, anybody that thinks that he doesn't have doubts throughout his professional football career, they are kidding themselves. Everybody has doubts. It's just how you manage them and how you're able to deal with those doubts. So I think I'm slightly different to Baz in that, yes, you have doubts, but it's always been, well, okay, well, I'm going to do something about that doubt. So if my doubt is that I haven't bowled particularly well or I haven't batted particularly well or I'm not fit enough, you go and do something about it. And that is the whole point of trying to get better every day and, and that's why you keep playing. Um, so it was always at the back of my mind that, right, this hasn't gone well this year, I need to reinvent myself so that next year, somebody thinks this is how I go about my business on the cricket field, I'm going to do it a different way. And it, it's kind of, you immerse yourself into what is the here and now, because I think that's the one thing as a professional sports person you can control. So the, the doubts of would I play, I've never really worried about what I may do afterwards. I've always thought that get this bit right and worry about that later. And I think it's because of the, the way I am. It's kind of, I'm either in or I'm out. There's no fine line of I can do a bit of this and a bit of that. I'm either, right, I'm, I'm on board. Um, and I, I, that's why I find it very difficult to run anything alongside whilst I'm playing. So actually, being an old sod like I am now, it's actually quite nice that when time comes, it's, it's, it's cool. And then you, you, you go both feet into the next bit, which then I think potentially takes away some of the, the worries. My worry hasn't been whether I'll get a job, it's how I deal with not having the changing room, because it's an extension of school from going at 16, you know, it's basically been in a kid's playground for 40 years, um, which is a pretty scary place to be. How do you replicate? That's my worry. Not that I'll find an, a, a job, because I truly believe the skills of a sports person, you just get your head down and you make it work, and because of your career within the sport, that's half of half of your job so you've, you get something you're passionate about and you just keep banging away until you get to where you want to get to and I, I think that's an incredible skill that sports people have. Do you think that they're the, the points that's sort of passion, determination, focus that, that you're going to, the main factors that you're going to bring over into your next role, is that, is that what you're referring to? I think it has to be, yeah, um, because let's be honest, I don't have a lot else going for me, um, so I think you have to be, you have to take your good side and plough it into what you're going to do. If you're constantly worried about, like for me, I'll, I'll go into it, I won't have A-levels, I won't have a degree. If I'm worried about that, well, you're shot from the start. So you have to make up in other areas and you have to make it that, okay, mm. there are certain things I won't be able to do because I'm not gonna be a doctor, so let's be realistic about it. But I might be able to do this, where actually I don't need uh, a degree in X, Y, and Z to be able to go into this and I can just make it work and I'll have to go about it a different mm. way than somebody else but I've got a skill set that hopefully I'm used to failure and you actually pick yourself up every single day to make sure that you keep driving forward it's okay to get things wrong as mm. long as you get them wrong and then you learn from it and move forward um, mm. so I, I think that's a wonderful thing from sports people to take forward into whatever it's going to be outside of life when you think of some of the head coaches and support coaches you've worked with, bowling coaches, batting coaches, whoever it might be, um, do you feel that the way that they coach, the way that they try and help with your development, 
is it adequately adapted to reflect the fact that sport isn't everything? I mean, you, you mentioned that you need to have you need to have full focus on those skills, but is there something that coaches could be doing more of to help you to consider life beyond the game, or is that entirely inappropriate? Um, I think if you're if you're a coach, I think that you know by trade we're lucky we get the PCA, so there's no you don't need a kind of holistic uh, environment when you get into the performance part of playing. So a coach, you're batting, bowling, fielding, whatever, needs to make sure that you're the best cricketer possible. Now, if he, if he notices something in terms of your personality or something you're struggling with, then you, you can maybe have a conversation about that. But I don't think coaches can can help to a certain extent or put you in the right, point you in the right direction, have a conversation with like, X at the PCA. But I think that their job it should be to make you as a better player. That's what, that's what I think. I'm not, I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I agree. Down, I'm not going down the route of um, coaches doing anything yeah. else and making you a better yeah, player and a better yeah. person. Yeah. Better person, yes, because the way I do, the role of a coach nowadays, which is evolving, um, I think it's about you've got to be selfless as the coach to make sure you're doing everything humanly possible mm. for that player to make him better as a person and as a player. And I. There may be a conversation where you've got to be honest and say, actually, pal, you're way off the mark here. X, Y, and Z are in front of you. you. It might be worth you turning your attention to this. It's not to say that you can't break the door down, but you might need to be sensible here. Um, and that would be a very difficult conversation for a coach to have. I, I just think professional sport, if we're not careful, we'll go down the route of kids at school where they can't win and lose. It, you know, it, there's no outcome. Sport is about winning and losing. So I think you've got to be very careful and you can't muddy the waters of, we've chosen to be professional sports people. You can't cry over the fact that it might not work out. In fact, most of my career it's not worked out because you fail more than you succeed. That's just fact. And I think Michael Jordan said that, didn't he? Or whatever this, the quote was. Um, and I, I actually think we've got to use that as a positive rather than seeing it as a negative. Do you think it would be, hard, it would be harder to make a clean break from cricket? Or is it easier to completely get away from the game? I mean, your, your plans, Aaron, for example. Um, I think that that's right. The change room stuff and the, the on-field stuff, it's going to be hard to replace. But if you get it right in your own mind and you have a plan in place and uh, and you, you're 100% committed to what you're going to do, and you approach it like the, like the skills we said about passion, like commitment, you know, able to deal with the setbacks of everyday work, working life, which you can naturally able to as a cricketer. I think you, you'll be okay. It's just appreciating that and knowing knowing they're going to be it's not going to be just completely smooth sailing you just, they're going to be some ups and downs but um, if you have a plan in place and you, you kind of know what you want to do you'll be fine yeah and do you see your future away from the game uh, yeah I think I've kind of in the last two years put some plans in place where I'm kind of closer to what I want to do um, I think that, that that's taken me a while to do um, don't get me wrong I've kind of done some stuff where I've thought oh god I'm not definitely not doing this because this is completely foreign to me um, and I wasn't comfortable in the environment, but but yeah, I think that having the last twenty four months, I've kind of narrowed down my opportunities, and that's been a, that's given me a bit of comfort that I I think right, I can do this, and that's great. Now I can now I can just completely focus on on my cricket for however long I get the opportunity to play for. And Bats, you said you're doing a coaching course here at Surrey. Um, is there a disconnect between playing and coaching? I mean, when you're playing, I presume you're 
thinking about yourself or if you're a captain perhaps then of course you think about the wider game but generally speaking I imagine you're thinking about your game and your performance coaching is obviously a different kettle of fish um, how are you thinking about bridging that gap uh, yeah I mean coaching badges is one thing whether you're whether you're actually going to use them professionally is a different thing um, uh, from a playing point of view if you're not slightly selfish in your time management towards your family, you're probably not going to succeed. So you, you give up bits of time with your family and friends, um, flip it over to being a coach. It's, it's almost the opposite. Being a coach is all about the player again, and you've got to understand that the player needs you to be there first and foremost. And then if you're any good and you gain his trust, he will open up to you and then hopefully you get a a massive increase in, in output from the player as a person and as a, and a, as a skill base. Um, so there's a definite switch. I'm very aware of that. You can't think like a player if you're going to be a good coach. You can use that bit of knowledge that you have from being a player and understand why players react in certain ways, which then player gets out, tears the changing room apart. You can't all of a sudden go, oh, well, what's he doing that for? You totally understand why, because he, he's desperate to do well. Um, so it is totally different and whether you need to get away from the professional game to understand fundamentally you start a new job aren't you um, so whether you need to get away from the professional game to learn some um, knowledge and how you go about your style I don't know uh, that's something that uh, needs to be tried and tested I would suggest you can you can still be in and around it but you're obviously not going to go in at a, at a top ranking job straight away because you don't know the job that you're going into you think you do, and all players think they can coach, and all players think we can do this, we can do that, and that's great, that's Mr Invincible or Mrs Invincible, that's why we play professional sport, but I think you've got to understand totally that you are now becoming a coach, and it isn't about you, it's about the player, and how you make that player better. Very few coaches actually get that flip over that I've seen, and the best ones, it's so evident that they are brilliant at their job because there's a definite change and a shift um, and you don't have to play the game to be a good coach. Well, I think we covered a lot of what would you mainly miss if you, if you were to retire today. Apart from the change room, what else, else would there be? I ain't going to miss running suicides at 10 in the morning. And <laughs> MAS sessions like this morning. Yeah, spending uh, the rest of the day trying not to fall downstairs. Miss? I would say that cricket is great because it's seasonal. So mm. there's that time off which, you know, you get time off in the season in chunks which is which is brilliant I mean like that is is in itself is, is a luxury that not, not, not a lot of people get um, mm. that's great um, what else would you say you get to see the world yeah um, I mean, you know to go to places that you would never dreamed of yeah. being going to um, and it all be free basically and it's slightly changing because tours and, and all this sort of a thing. You don't get to see the countries like you used to do, but being old, you kind of, the first half of my career, saw some amazing places, and that's incredible. Yeah. Mm. I mean, as well, I'm tagged to that, people you meet as well, there's some great, there's some great cricket people like all around the world who just, mm. if you say you play cricket, you can almost guarantee two, three hours of conversation about X, Y and Z, wherever, whatever walk of life they're from, if they're a cricket fan, whether it's great cricket in Sydney, Melbourne, whether it's cricket in Cape Town or wherever, people mm -hmm. just love to talk about it, love to kind of 
and then from there you talk about so many other things. So mm. I met I met some really good friends from all different parts of the world because of uh, and because of cricket, and I would never have done so otherwise. Mm. So yeah, that too. And if I, finally, to wrap it up, is there a valuable psychological dynamic to preparing athletes for life before, for young sport? Good question. Um, I would say, like, but, like that said, like, there's an ego with sport, isn't there? There's mm. an ego with playing cricket, which you have to have. Um, but I think to prefer it after, you just got to. I'm not saying you don't. You have change that persona you just need to just be open to other things and new ideas and just be able to communicate with people mm. without having that ego um i and that's probably maybe not the right way of putting it but um yeah i just think you just the openness and awareness i think that's, that's where you are yeah you where you are what you're doing and who you're speaking to and whatever mm. i think that sometimes that's all about the best coaches you know sometimes not the best players like sometimes your personality as a cricketer can can translate, which was, which is a admirable quality in a lot of areas. Like we've just well, like we said, but sometimes you just need to kind of be aware of um, be self aware uh, mm. of uh, what you're doing outside. I, I think half of it is sat here now, and you look at some of the honours boards, and you look at the time people play. It's really varied, um, you know, from seven eight years to 20 odd years whatever it may be ultimately every single person the greats the not so greats all finish mm -hmm. and it's understanding and it's a really good lesson for people that are playing that look this isn't forever so don't think today you've just fielded all day you're shattered you've got to go and do it again tomorrow don't complain about it because whenever the time comes you're going to wish that you could be out there doing it so that's a really good lesson for when you are playing but also an even bigger lesson for when you finish that look you should finish whenever you finish, knowing that you couldn't do any more. And when you're brushing your teeth in the morning, looking in the mirror saying, I've given that everything, that's gotta be a really good place to be. Mm. Um, and I just think the realization and the, uh, the understanding that it's not forever is just such a, a great thing that prepares you that the, t the day will come and it's, it's coming. Mm. Every day that you're playing, it's coming sooner and sooner which is a bit morbid and a bit, bit sort of back, back to front, but actually it can work both ways um, from a current player and a guy that's mm. finishing, just to give you peace in your mind that, look, you can't do anymore. You can only do what you've done. Mm. You can't take it back. So I, I think that's a good place to be. And I think that's a wrap, gentlemen. Thank you both very much, and good luck for the preparations for the season ahead. Thank you very Pleasure much. Me.